are Squawking Dead, a podcast pulverizing episodes beyond the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. I'm your host, David Camion. I'm joined by Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, and Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punky brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. And hello, everybody. We're live and here to talk to you about Fear the Walking Dead's eighth episode in its eighth and final season titled Iron Tiger. We're live with you right now. Hi, Aurelian Grime on Instagram. Hello, Emily. Lois. On YouTube. Walking Dead Eternal on YouTube. David Kronz on YouTube. Aiden. Aiden on YouTube. Happy Halloween. Aiden says, hello, Otis. Is that, what the heck is that? I know what Otising is, but he- what is hello, Otising? That means hello, unless you get in my way, and then I will push you. Hello, I'm going to shoot you in the leg. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a conditional hello. Like, don't hey, piss Jason. me off. A Lotus. Hey, Jason Cohn, whom we saw during this episode of Fear the Walking mm. Dead mm-hmm. from the corner of the screen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How you doing there, Jason Cohn? Saw with Jason. your little goggles? I love them. <laughs> anyway, let's get to housekeeping because we have quite a bit that we wanted to share with you. Well, we did a snap charity auction, meaning it was hastily put together for our dear friend Takira, who otherwise is called Connie Dixon for Life. That's ko-fi.com slash Connie Dixon, the number four L-Y-F-E. The reason why I'm saying her Kofi link is because she still could use a little help. Now, we actually managed to raise just under $1,000 for her. The goal was set absurdly high to $4,000 for some reason. I don't know why I did that. Again, hastily put together. I meant to put $1,400. So she's just $400 shy from her goal, which she could really use. Now, what we did was we helped her give away some of her collection and some generous folks like Sookie Martinson helped us uh, by donating two prints. Linda Peck Athens. Well, Linda, by way of Bridget, had a print of Frank Dr. Frankenfurter from Rocky Horror Picture Show which she was willing to give up. And Linda herself gave gave up a commission. Renee, 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 three, six, five, two, two, two thousand five. Renee Larchevec, who does the giveaways on Sunday and Walking Dead Day, our lovely Renee, actually also gave us a signed by Norman Reedus copy of his book, The Ravaged, yep. which I won, I think, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I think it was me. I still have to check this, check the list of things. Anyway. I don't want to date anyway, won, generous, like, everything. <laughs> generous people. I won Cara Dune and the child pops oh funko pops yeah Mm -hmm. i won nothing (laughs) (laughs) i kept bidding and i did not win Didn't I give you something? I no, can't someone remember. offered to give me something and it was like all stuff that I had. And I was like, no, nah. I'm, good. <laughs> I'm good. You were like very awkwardly going, I'm good. No, I don't mean that in a mean way <laughs> or spiteful way. No, I'm just, I have these already. Good. I don't oh, mean to, <laughs> in your usual Bridget way. But anyway, I say all this because it's the 31st. And as you know, bills normally need to be paid like rent and car payments and stuff like that on the 1st. So if you could find it in your hearts to after this stream, just write it down on a piece of paper like a Luddite. <laughs> write down ko-fi.com slash Connie Dixon for life. That's Connie Dixon, the number four L-Y-F-E. And consider maybe tipping her. You can do it during the stream. You can multitask. Consider tipping her during her, on her Kofi page. That will go directly to her, not to us. And it'll benefit her greatly. Some other bit of housekeeping was, well, of course, like you said earlier, happy Halloween. Second of all, happy 13th anniversary of the first episode of The Walking dead that's another cool thing right i know 
I love how it's intrinsically tied. But more than that, because it's the best thing, other than those two things, I feel like I'm a jerk saying this, it's it's our anniversary as a podcast. Well, technically it's not. Technically it's sometime in October, maybe even September. We recorded these episodes, I don't know when, and then we re-premiered them sometime just before Halloween. So we just say Halloween is our anniversary. That's it's like my dad and his birthday. My dad doesn't know when his birthday is. This is very common in the Middle East. <laughs> he does it. So he picked a day, a random day in the year he was born. He said, that's my birthday, November 29th, 1949. Now you know how my dad is. <laughs> there you go. Yes, it's our anniversary. We just closed six years of podcasting. And we're just jumping into our seventh year with this episode that we're about to talk about called Iron Tiger, the eighth episode in the eighth and final season. But wait, there's one more thing. We actually put up two Fear the Walking Dead logo designs in our merch store. I thought maybe people might be interested in one or the other. Maybe if you don't like the highlighter yellow version of the logo, there's this blue burst version of it with um, the Squawking Dead logo, a little bit more speckledy on the stroke on the edges. So consider going to our merch store. And we did have a sale over the weekend if you didn't take advantage of it. And some people did actually. We had $16 t-shirts and up to 35% off the rest of the store. There will be another sale very soon and I will let you know about it very shortly. But keep checking our merch store every day because sometimes, well, hopefully soon we might even have an art design for the final episodes of Fear the Walking Dead. I'm working on it. I'm trying to figure out the concept first before I dive into it. And uh, listen, I talked enough, so let's see what you have to say. Aiden says, it was just a fancy hello. Hello, this. Hello, this. David Kronza says, David, the shirt. Yes. Yes. It's the old Fear the Walking Dead season four A or five A design. Yes. And Sharon D has the actual season four A design, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. Sometimes Sorry, four and I'm five. Just wearing, I'm just wearing pumpkins. Wait, this is five A. This is five A <laughs> technically. So this is the five A logo design and Sharon D has the art design, which are no longer in the stores because AMC said, cut that, cut it out. Cease and desist. Cease and And who else is, I can't see it. Strand, Lucy, Strand. Charlie, Dwight. John, June, yeah. Dwight. No, Dwight wasn't there yet, right? Somebody. He might've been there. I don't know. Anyway, so we, yeah, this logo design you can't get anymore because we changed our logo to the fancier, more ethically sourced font. <laughs> Because we made it ourselves. Walking to Eternal says this episode made so many cameos. Get to that in a minute. Dave Carranza says congratulations, David. It's congratulations to all of us, baby. Carranza just, he loves you the most, Dave. So that's why. I'm I'm trying to defray his love and I'm trying to spread it to all of you, too. Walking to Eternal says happy anniversary of the channel. Carranza and Aaron are going to team up on you and make you say, I love you. (laughs) I have to say, I'll say I love you freely. It's not like Aaron. Aaron, he has to work for it. Anyway. (laughs) That's an inside joke for those of you who don't know Aaron after all these years. Lois says, I hope Madison turns into a walker. And with that, everybody... Let's talk about this episode. <laughs> now, I want to start off with Sharon D in terms of first impressions, because she had said something to me that to the effect of you might be surprised by my review of this episode or my overall impression of this episode, I think. Or I think you said this in relation to Madison. No, I said other than Madison. <laughs> other than, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe I heard what I wanted to hear. Anyway. <laughs> okay. As usual, right? Considering it did not have my favorite character in it and it had my most hated character in it. The other blonde i really liked this episode especially oh twist especially (laughs) along the bar set by season seven and eight yeah i'm not gonna place it in four or five or six level right but for season seven and eight this was okay right comparatively speaking Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i still can't stand madison it's like this beautiful painting and someone just wiped a big boogie across it (laughs) like (laughs) 
It's not that you know what it wasn't. It was just that you used the word boogie. <laughs> It's, it's, Booger would have been like, okay, that makes sense. It felt a little less offensive to say boogie. <laughs> just a little. For real. I just cannot stand Madison. Can somebody just erase her out of the show and just have everything else going on? Because I'd be totally fine with that. No. Okay, that's a bit, that's all my protest will consist of. I did really like this episode, man. That was some the walker. I'm not I know you didn't say specifics, but I just want to say the walker at the beginning with the starfish on the face. That was yep. sweet. I should say, played by Jeff Wagoner, our friend, I guess. That, Jeff Wagner. that was some sweet makeup going on right there yeah good job it actually had somewhat of a story there was actually something going on that you could that you could pay attention to that made sense and a theme too mostly and it was super awesome to see lucy and charlie whoop whoop for a while try not to get sad this episode all right oh i'm not sad i'm mad i'm not mad i'm not no i'm mad and i know you don't want specifics but we'll get to that because i'm mad about it emily just said i feel like kim's been kind of i think it said directed wrong though i fear Mm -hmm. i also and i know you're a big kim fan and i'm sorry if this hurts your feelings that's not my goal i am a big kim fan but i I feel like she i feel like kim dickens really just doesn't want to be there i feel like she's really phoning it in a whole lot i don't feel like she really wants to be a part of this anymore so this is my opinion on it because there really is a difference in her acting even from season four from season four to now i liked madison in season four i think some Sometimes this gets kind of swept under the rug. But when you step away from a character for a long time and you're like, I'm never coming back to that. Because essentially she was told you're never coming back to this. I know that it could be difficult to get back into it. I'm not saying it's that way for everybody. I'm not like making excuses for her or anything, but it happens. Yeah. It's almost like she can't quite find herself again. She can't quite find Madison again. And the show is so different from when she was on it. Yeah. Her heart is just not in this character anymore. You put it to rest when you were done. I could see it being hard to to come back to it and be the Madison you were, you know, so many years ago, four years ago, more because of the pandemic. But I felt like this episode was better than the previous one. There was more of the Madison character that I remember in this. I'll add to that too because I feel like her performance in this episode actually made a little bit more sense of the last episode for me because you take those two episodes together you're starting to see that maybe there's a little bit of intentionality in the way she's acting. I mean not the way that Kim Dickens is acting. Hold on. Let me just oh, distinguish okay. I see between... what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way Madison saying. is acting. I could see that. I also want to lay some of this at the feet of the writers because... Yes. Yeah. How do you present this dialogue and sound convincing for the most part? <laughs> Especially when some of it is so literal. I'm not letting her completely off the hook because like I said, I just feel like her heart is not in it. She doesn't really want to be there doing this. Maybe she thought she did and then she got back and was like, oh my God, I forgot. This is what I, this is what I have to do. Or, or like, oh my God, this is what they've done to my character when I agreed to come back. Well, I mean, you agree to come back and you're you're not even at full capacity of the character that you were before. And you can't be because you're hobbled no. by this, this by lung this condition. Error of smoke inhalation. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm even, yeah, it's like this and that. You have yeah. to do a lot as an actor yeah. to kind of maintain yeah. that, right? I'm not like an apologist. You know, I liked Madison. Again, my statement about her has always been that she's been really self-destructive. So this isn't coming from a place of like, I stand Madison and I'm so excited. Like, that's not where it's coming from. I do. I just, I do want to be fair. I do want to be fair because it's been a long time. You know, I haven't acted professionally, but I have acted and it can be quite hard to get into a character. And I can only imagine leaving it and coming back to it so many years later. I think I'm with you on that. I think for me, though, listen, we can disagree on the show. I have talked about how in every role that I 
feel like Kim Dickens has ever been in. I haven't really dug her acting. And I have said that on this show, it makes sense. Her, the way her character is almost silent for the most part, silent, it's like a fart. She's silent, but deadly for the most part. She's <laughs> Her dialogue has always been an economy of words. And she's done a little bit more in terms of physical acting. It's more about where she's being directed rather than, in some senses, I feel like in that respect, she's a lot like Daryl. I don't know if that makes sense to you in that you mostly put on her than rather than what she exhibits. Okay, I could previously. I could Do see you that. see what I'm saying? I could see that, but we have someone who is like the absolute goat at that. Then, and then we have this. Norman's acting say he's is the goat at that. But he is that's just my opinion. Different. He's completely different. Yeah, no, I'm just saying like that, not exactly like that. I get, I get what you're saying. Um, you had asked for my opinion on the episode though, and I did not give. That no, I haven't yet. <laughs> so I, no, I did want to say one more thing. <laughs> no, I ignore myself. I sometimes I, I trick you into things and whatever. I did want to say that what you're noticing maybe about her dialogue, and this is my main critique, is that I feel like, to your point about the writers, in terms of specifically dialogue, because I happen to really enjoy the story right now, I don't know if you know what I mean when I say an economy of words, that sometimes when you have dialogue, you want the words that come out of the actor's mouth to have as much impact as possible. But it's a lot of, I'm gonna this and I'm gonna that, and Mm. it's a lot of just throwaway dialogue almost. I'm not saying that some of the words that they're saying doesn't play into the story, but what I am saying is that I feel like they're just having a plain conversation most of the time, and it doesn't help Kim become Madison. Does that make sense, what I'm saying right now? There's a lack of economy of words. Like, the words that they're saying could have more impact if the words were more deliberate. One of the things that annoyed me the most about this episode is that when, at the end, she's like, Troy, why are you doing this? And he's like, because you took everything from me, and I'm going to do the same to you. You just said that last week, twice last week. (laughs) Why did you have to say it again? We know. Why is this the dialogue? You couldn't come up with something better or something else to go in that spot other than rehashing the exact same dialogue you had last week? It's like it's written to be standalone episodes. (laughs) So like you've never seen it before. (laughs) Well, here's how I feel about that. Anybody coming into this show to watch this show is not going to start on this episode. You do not have to explain everything to us. We've been watching. I understand that when you have a show that's in the first couple seasons and like they have to give you a little exposition for new Mm -hmm. viewers or whatever, but this is not that. Please do not write to us like we're beginners. Like we're toddlers. Continue the story. This is continuing the theme of the the first half of the season. season. Mm -hmm. Like where it's being overly explained. I didn't have that problem so much with this episode. I did like this episode. There are some things that I take issue with. It predominantly has to do with the writing. So I'll get to that when we get to those scenes. There's just some things that I was like, that's weird. But there were also some really cool things in this episode, like little nods to things from the past. And I really, really, really loved that. We know how Sharon Day loves that too. If we're treating this like a final season, like a true final season, then you do really have to start to tie up all these loose ends, really wrap stuff up, bring things full circle. So I was glad to see some of that happening. And to their point, at least with the season, there's been no shortage of that, at least. They have been kind of coalescing. They've been 
kind of calling back to prior seasons and invoking them as well, showing us references. Did you see the Billy Bass on the wall? Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Also, that's something I, there was I a meant, couple actually. I'm yeah, I meant to bring it up last week and I forgot. In the library, one of the pictures on the wall behind them was Edgar Allan Poe. Quote the oh, Raven. I did not know that. Yeah, an interesting thing is in uh, uh, I think it's in Savannah is where Annabelle Lee, the, the subject of the poem Annabelle Lee, is right. supposedly buried in Savannah. I think so. What? That's why the picture of, that might be why the picture of Edgar Allan Poe was in there. Oh, that's Actually cool. Actually, brings up an interesting theory that I heard today. So I'm gonna we're gonna skip ahead to the end and talk about Tracy. And the theory that I heard today is that Tracy is Alicia's daughter. I've heard that too. Here's my question: It would have to be what's the dude's name that was in the tunnel with her? Will? Will? Yeah. It would have to be Will, right? That's the reason she was sick. It was just like really severe morning sickness. <laughs> it wouldn't though, because it's seven years have passed. So well, we don't know how old Tracy is. Uh, That's why I said it could be. Does age matter on the show? Because no. there you go. You have your the answer. six-year-olds look like they're fifteen. So I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise Alicia would have been pregnant for like four years when <laughs> in the entirety of seasons four, five, and six. Because oh, she wasn't. Well, no, she could have met up with Troy. But I think okay. So hold on. We have to we have to get a little bit more specific with this episode because Troy happens to mention to Madison that the woman that she must have killed or taken away. She uses the specific words taken away from me mm-hmm. was his daughter's mother. And it was the same person that helped him after the dam could still be Alicia, but then they would have had to have a child in that gap between the dam falling and the stadium. So she must have had a child before the stadium. She had a child with Troy and then left it with Troy. And then the dam happened. I don't understand uh, how that. No, no, I, the I dam. It would have Troy, to be Will. It stadium. would have to be Will. Or the kid could be like five or six and it could be after they left Alicia. Yeah, that's also true. Could be very young that kid in my head that's what it was when I <laughs> then who would the dad be <laughs> Troy. Well, no. So that's actually very interesting. If it was Will, it's like that Rick Shane thing where Shane is actually Judith's biological daughter and it's the found family concept where, okay, well, it, but it's really Rick's daughter. No, like I'm saying like if they, if Alicia no, I'm was saying left, right, if right. Alicia was left, right? Everybody left her because they assumed that she was going to go die. And so she walked off into the ether. the ether of nuclear fallout. I'm saying, what if she met up with Troy then and they ended up having a child together? Right. Right. That's what, that's what I was thinking. That's as well. what I'm saying. Unfortunately, I feel like I have to reiterate this is that I know a little too much, so I can't really say too much. Don't say at anything. All. <laughs> I don't really know. I don't know if I really The kid would have to be like five or five and a half. And that's That's what I'm saying. Like, we don't know how old the kid is. She got pregnant right after. Or six, whatever. Which is why I would, and how, I don't remember how long it was after the bomb went off, after they all found each other, right? Because she met Will after the bomb went off when she was stuck in. Oh mm -hmm. yeah, it was pretty much right after that. In the basement. Yeah. So if she hooked up with Will and then boss her arm and whatnot but we we followed her from the time of the of the nuclear fallout how long and then three was months it later. after so three months later it was three months later and then yeah. it wasn't too much longer after that that everybody got separated what six months maybe so mm-hmm. she could have been pregnant and not showing true it was radiation sickness that's what she i was, was just really laughing pregnant. about <laughs> right right wouldn't that be something this is like the mirror to grace and athena yeah i don't seem to be getting better that's mm, okay I, I can dig that that has some legs it, she would have been only three months in when she left the compound because you when you count the days i think it was three months when uh will was counting the days on the side of the, the inside of the truck right you remember that will at the first episode of season seven yeah 
Yeah. So there was like three months where she was out in the road and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Give her a couple, maybe another month. She should have been showing, but obviously if she's emaciated, can't keep anything down. Well, she down. was also wearing that big cloak half the time where you couldn't see her body the garbage most of the time cloak. either. I do have to say, though, that like I heard that theory as soon as like the first episode aired. Someone posted it somewhere and I accidentally read it. And I was like, well, now this is going to ruin my opinion on everything. But once I read it, I was like, it made it seem like when Troy said the thing about how he was saved by this woman after the dam that it was actually somebody else like somebody completely different that's what i was trying to say in the beginning it's gonna be like are a, you femspaining odessa's me? mom or whatever he was so that's, hot that's what i immediately went to that the idea of revenge against alicia and madison saved him like you said in okay. the last episode with the reverend and- it doesn't have to be someone who nursed him back to hell or whatever he could okay. be so powered by revenge that that saved him after the dam sure we need to take a few moments to read the comments because it's it's a lot okay we're gonna start with david caranza madison this episode's hard to root for her it's like self-sabotage i'm like i'm glad daniel said it finally aiden says don't talk trash about charlie or i'll do what she do to you what she did to nick lois says don't say her name too much it makes me want to puke Blah, emojis and walk the journalist says like the boogeyman uh yeah emily says i love this app reminds me of the good old days with the good good og ensemble listen i felt sort of that way too and i like how even that was twisted i like that there's the possibility that nobody could be satisfied and then other people might be really satisfied just because they love story like me. Lois says, yes, yes. Dave Carranza says, I'm shocked by Sharon. Do you liked it? LMA, LMO, I love you. I am too. <laughs> Emily says, I feel like Kim's been kind of director wrong, though I fear, which we've talked about. Dave Carranza, uh, absolutely no diss for Kim. I'm actually a fan, but Madison is divisive and complex. That's why I like her, actually. Why I like her a lot. Emily, wait, let me, I think she's continuing her comment, though I fear her, like her emotional scenes feels hollow to me, and which is kind of what we've been trying to tackle with. Walking to Charles says, I feel like this isn't Kim's last episode. I would wholeheartedly agree with you. Lois Martin says, I don't want her to be part of it anymore. <laughs> well, you're with some of us, <laughs> like one and a half of us. Lois says, then don't do it. <laughs> She's messing up the whole show up. Don't protect her. I'm going to protect her because I I happen to uh, listen. You can get into the particulars about the dialogue and all that stuff. But I think what they're doing with her, with her character, I think is very cool. I really do like it. Remember we were talking about back in season seven. Why would Alicia care so much if Will was thrown off the roof of the tower? Like you knew him, what, two weeks? Why do you care? Maybe that's why she cares so much. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of why I'm on board with you about her sickness and it not being radiation as much as it is baby maybe maybe baby david Carranza says i agree with the omega queen level queen obviously yeah and then you'll comment on my shirt and we'll, we'll be on the same footing again emily says even <laughs> when she's crying over her kids i don't believe her like with travis oh, commenting on her hollow performance yikes david Carranza says okay that's interesting david elaborate poor favor i think i did walking to the Eternals says i feel like the actress strike is going to end after the holidays it's going that way well that we actually were talking about that on the show before we got on because we want to do some cool things and in order to do those cool things with cool people, we can't really talk about the shows. We have to talk about generic things, which I think you would want anyway. So we'll get into it when we when it has legs. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really like to talk about things unless they're in motion. And so far, no motion. David Kronza says Troy's motives are a lot clearer for me this episode. I appreciated that. Yes, thank God. If we had to bury the lead <laughs> for one more episode, I would have killed somebody. Emily says it's so sad when you possibly excuse a whole ass child's age because everything else in the show is so inconsistent. <laughs> 
squeaks. Uh, the ones who talk. Takira. Oh my God, we got done trick or treating. I'm frozen because it's cold in Minnesota. I want some candy, Takira. Send me some candy. Yeah, give the Jew his candy, please. Reese's I have Pieces. Because I turned on the porch light, but my husband turned it off behind me. That makes me curious, Dave. <laughs> Traditionally, Halloween is a Christian holiday, right? All Hallows Eve. A pagan holiday that was taken over by Christians. I just read about this. Would you like more information on this? I just read about this the other day. No, oh, I just I just want to ask Dave <laughs> if if in the Jewish faith is there a corroborative holiday? Not a corroborative, is there a similar holiday. We do have Purim, which we do get up in costumes in modern times. It used to be that you dressed up as the characters from Megillat Esther, the Scroll of Esther. Which so it would be Esther, Haman, uh, uh, can't say his name, Achashverosh. I don't know how to say it in English. <laughs> so, and these are this is taken. In, this is during the time of Persia when Persia was covering the earth basically Babylon in whatever anyway so yes we do dress up in modern times uh it's around February basically but yeah <laughs> we, mean, don't, we don't we don't sell that would Halloween. be crazy if you're just like walking around a Gentile neighborhood like trick-or-treat it's in February <laughs> I'm probably like what is going on <laughs> completely normal in Brooklyn <laughs> if you know where to go welcome to Genesis. I don't think Alicia would sleep with Troy because of the history that they have not to mention the fact that Alicia hates Troy mm-hmm. in my opinion it's not hey, even things unless, change. in fact unless she didn't have change. a choice people change she didn't have a choice Oh, Oof. yikes. But she did mention that his, okay, we can get into the technicals about, well, he saved him. He gave, she gave him a second chance. That's, he used those words. Anyway, let's keep that in the back burner for now. Cause we're going to, we're going to get into the episode meet. We know what it's going to turn out to be nobody. Yep. Because if it was anybody special, AMC would have spoiled it already. <laughs> <laughs> it's nobody. <laughs> they didn't spoil Tracy, but you know who did? Entertainment journalism for sure. And I won't get into specifics on that, but that's, it's just rotten. It's just sh- Oh, I haven't been spoiled on it, so I don't want to know. Aiden says Dakota saved him, <laughs> then saved Morgan. So Dakota saved Troy. That, oh, God damn. Okay. Because when you really think about it, I that's mean, just sick, Aiden. She is the worst. So. <laughs> anyway, okay. So Aiden oh, says, then, ugh, she introduced, Aiden. then she introduced them to Virginia and the baby is Troy's and Virginia's. I'm, <laughs> I'm for that. I'm for that. Uh, G. Wilson's. Hey, hi, how are you? How are you? How are you again? <laughs> I don't know how to talk anymore. Oh, Happy wow. Halloween, guys. Hope like, you're all doing well. Hi. That would be like the most evil baby ever. Maybe he does have a thing for one-armed girls. I don't know. I don't believe people are born bad, though. So it's like, I know some people do, but yeah. Anyway, I actually really, really enjoyed the story in this episode. And it, it, it is sort of repeating the checkerboard formation of that we were seeing in the last, in the first half of the season where you'd get a eh, episode and the next episode was actually kind of great. And the next episode after that was like, eh. Yeah, but that's an excellent, that was pretty it's great. A, such a strong strategy for last season. <laughs> I'll take it at least with this episode and then next week hopefully will not disappoint and it does seem like the next episode is pretty let's follow that trend so this episode was good and the next one's gonna be so that's not nine. so good okay so and then the next one will be good 10 it's 10 and then 11 will be not so good okay so, so 12, 12 is gonna be, be good, good. alright I'll do I can deal <laughs> oh, with yeah, that yeah. I can off of the bank that. well and then I, I remember while I was watching this episode I was like yes bang no did not like that bang but mm. in a Another sense, though, I did like that bang because they again. You, I said this in the first half. You've got to start taking chances, and even though it wasn't the thing that I would have wanted, I liked what we got. I like that they're taking chances. I like that they're in this weird way embracing the universe because the universe is pretty harsh, and this show has taken chances, some of which are a little ridiculous, but some of which were actually really good. They take chances because they don't have source material to pull from, so they can do things that the main show can't do or feel like they can't do. 
So at least with this episode, they, they seem to be pulling in all the things that have occurred in, in at least this season and then also start to kind of coalesce on some of the loose threads from prior seasons as well, especially if you're introducing a long dead character. At least this time they didn't introduce a new character and kill him off in the same episode. They, again, you. two for two. They just brought on a long thought dead character and made another one. They killed him off. <laughs> Which that was that that was another thing. I did not see Charlie coming and that was great. We all assumed that she oh, she's definitely dead. She's definitely dead and that we would see her in a flashback. That reminds me what my second half was about my opinion. Look here, everyone. This is no, this is you, you right now watching you with the keyboard or on your phone. Look here. Not everyone <laughs> is available to watch the episode immediately. OK, and sometimes they just like to vacantly scroll social media before they go to bed. It's called doom scrolling and I do it a lot. And guess what? You wrecked Charlie coming back for me. I want you all to know that you with your immediate post for your self gratification so that maybe Alexa would like your post and you could feel good about yourself or say yeah you F you. For once AMC didn't spoil it and then you people went ahead and spoiled it. <laughs> you spoiled it for me. Thank you so much. I was really busy this week and I wasn't able to watch it until Monday and you guys wrecked it. Yeah, I thought I watched it late. I started watching it right when it started airing. So like 15 minutes after it started I'm like I guess I'll watch this. I'm tired from the charity auction. It would have been really cool. It would have been really cool to be surprised by that. So I was really disappointed that I was spoiled for it. Before you say hi to Thomas, we have to say goodbye to Aiden. Bye, Aiden. Aiden. All right, I got to go to Love's. I do want to say Alexa deserves an award. I agree. So happy Charlie got a conclusion. One of one of my favorites in the episode and favorite episodes in a while. It stuck with me all week. You know, two days. (laughs) Glad to see most of them together. We love you, Aiden. See you soon. Love you. Yeah. And I I am mad, but it's okay. I still love you guys. I'm just. Charlie got to go out making up for something she felt like she needed to make up for. But Charlie, you didn't know Madison a damn thing. You were 11 years old. That was a long time ago. And if Madison was that worried about her kids, instead of sitting there stealing other people's babies, she should have been out looking for her own kids. She had no right to blame that on Charlie and make Charlie feel guilty enough that she had to go and do that. So I'm very mad about that. I have something to say about that. I have something to say about this. Let's let's stay here. This part made me pretty heated. Not for the reason that you think. That one, no, for a minute. Very impressive. For a minute. Okay, so one. She was buffering again. (laughs) She was buffering, yeah. It's like, just picture like a little. So one, you're right. She didn't need to do that. And Madison shouldn't put that on her. But Madison, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Madison was 100% right when she called BS on what Charlie said. Charlie wasn't apologizing for Madison. She was apologizing for herself because that's what people do when they do something wrong and they feel bad about it. Just let it lie. dude. You don't have to pit. She literally just found out that you killed her son and you're like out there like, Madison, I want to talk to you. And it's trans like, not right now. And she's like, come on, let me wow, just talk. Wow, It's not I wasn't going to take that it, it, attack vector. I'm sorry. <laughs> it it made me so angry because I was just like, all I could picture is like, one, you're still like a young buck. So you like just, you just don't know. But two. So that's actually pretty good acting or writing choice. She's like 20 years old now, right? She's yeah. 20, yeah. yeah. So not only is she only 20 years old, what kind of experience, life experience does she have other than working in a flipping oil field? Beautiful. Yeah, nothing, nothing. Which so is great like, writing. Yeah. You're writing no, this for was that great. age. This was great. Yeah. But I was like, I was so aggravated by this, like this one, this need to like fulfill whatever this desire is and then Madison calls you out on it and and she is <laughs> she was right and it it bothered me on a different level Are you okay and- <laughs> 
<laughs> do you need like a com- cold compress? Or something? She was right. She was right. Because it was just like, dude, you don't need to do this right now. One, she's out here killing walkers because she's so mad right now. Maybe Victor's right. It's not the time. But also like just drive away in your rig and like go do something. Like maybe maybe you guys can come back to this later. Like this doesn't have to happen right now. But that's like, <laughs> I'm going to shake my fist at my lawn right now. Uh, that's youth for you. You know what I mean? But you know what? What I like I gotta about have your it comment. Now. See, I wasn't going to take the attack vector you were going to take because I was going to go just more on the lines of it's interesting that she said that, that Madison said that because it really pulls her original pre-apocalypse role of being a guidance counselor. And so I really liked that she picked up on that and and then weaponized it against Charlie. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to go with the whole Charlie pisses me off. <laughs> I wasn't it did. Go it that upset way. me. That upset me. I didn't have an issue with Madison getting mad about that. What I had was an issue with Madison saying, well, I want you to go be a murderer and kill somebody. That was stupid. But here's here's why this is even I more dumb. I didn't think it was stupid. Here's why this smart. is even more dumb. Charlie goes, yes, I will do that. You know what you could do? Instead, if someone tells you something absolutely insane <laughs> and you could be like, no, I'm not going to do that. That's crazy. You're crazy. But right again, now? that's you, Bridget. Right. That's not Charlie. <laughs> You're not emotionally 13 years old. <laughs> Well, hold on. But Tell then, to not all thirteen-year-olds are the same. I'm sure so. this was a terrible, <laughs> terrible shock to Charlie too. Yeah, she didn't know Madison was alive, as far as we know. Well, no. we do. Well, she's probably been sitting on this for a while because she mentions that they went out of their way. She said that maybe you, we should, we should attack this one piece about Nick's burial because did she go out there not specifically to find Nick because she knew Madison was alive? She she found out Madison was alive, or did she go out there just for herself and then left the note? with the coffee can with Nick's remains Okay, right after so her conversation. what with I got was that they were out on a run because they've been clearing the roads all the way to Arizona. So they were out on a run and she asked Lucy to show her where Nick was because they were already in that area. And she said, show me where Nick is buried. So they dug Nick up and they cremated him and brought him back because mm-hmm. Charlie didn't want to leave him there where he was just thrown into a hole and covered up because they were so hot for revenge that they couldn't stop and take care of him properly even though even though it was a beautiful place and everything that wasn't it really wasn't but she wanted him to be where people who loved him were which was her and lucy and then when madison showed up she wrote the letter and gave her the letter and when she left she left her the letter with the can like right then right right i don't think she knew madison was coming back any stretch of time i think okay when she pulled up since she saw madison standing in the yard was when she knew that madison was there right and so with her, with the remains and not knowing what to do with them. See, that's that's the only thing that kind of tripped me up is that she still had them in the coffee can. And it's the way that Luciana, I think it was Luciana who framed it. It's as though she kept it around waiting for Madison to come back. Oh, so I just to figure out what to do like, with them. Okay, one, you just you can't find like a high quality urn in the apocalypse. So I mean, <laughs> it's not the coffee <laughs> can itself could, that I have a problem with. <laughs> maybe no, no, you could, but it was but, more. But also, but how it's did more you like what to do body? with them. Well, with a little help. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's but how? They have how? a lot of gasoline. But yeah. still, Dave, have you watched any true crime? Do you know no. how hard it is to burn a body to, well, to because of temperatures? Status? They sifted out the big chunks and put the ashes <laughs> gonna... in the coffee can. I'm just saying. Right. I, I'm sure they buried most of the body wherever, but then whatever ash that could come off the body. 
stuffed in the can, I guess. Well, you know, at the bottom, there's a little coffee grounds at the bottom. Lucy said they just hadn't found the right place yet. And so this right. is like, maybe okay. it's because maybe we were waiting until you got mm-hmm. here. Like, I think it wasn't, okay, she wasn't so that's saying we were waiting for you to be here. Maybe so, like, we could find the right place because you were supposed to be here. If you remember that where he was originally buried was a season four reference. They were out in the road. He had just been shot. It was like the deep of night. John Dory, Morgan, they decided to bury him where they're, where the weapons cache was so they can go back to it and they left him there i remember no, at the him. time watching they moved them. him they moved him because they to came the blue back with bonnets they can't no over under the tree because they came back with morgan oh yeah 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 and morgan was like he like he liked growing things right and they're like yeah he's like well how about we take him here and they took him and buried under that and buried him under that big oak tree or that oh, big see, spreading oak tree this library of knowledge <laughs> he wasn't still where the tap. where they um got the weapons from but right they would have left him there except morgan Man, Morgan that corpse like, of, that corpse has been mileage though. <laughs> corpse has had some mileage. It's crazy. Poor guy. Like Lincoln, because they dragged President Lincoln all over the country after he was embalmed. And Reagan too. Holy crap. <laughs> like a year after he was embalmed, they finally buried him. He went all over the country on the train. Ugh. Yeah. Do you know that the body of Evita Perón is still in state in Argentina? That still checks out. You can still go see her perfectly embalmed body That's in Argentina. Insane. Yeah, go Don't look it up. Cry it's for crazy. Me, it's crazy yikes yeah well it's a little spooky for your halloween i just want to say it was really awesome to see lucy finally get her own title card yes yes and a suitable episode i mean listen Mm. it's not the lucy we wanted but it's lucy we got and i'm not oh my god they finally made her useful she's i have a lot to say about this but let's let's do comments and and then let's do comments first and i'm gonna start with this because walking dead eternal says just says dwight and sherry gonna be in the next episode i know (laughs) and i'm not gonna say anything more about that it looks spooky and kind of reminds me of uh, Fear the Walking Dead season six when we saw the masks teaser into the season six teaser. It was like April right at the pandemic when season six didn't air right away. And then we had to wait all the way until fall for that. But we're like, oh, masks. Anyway, (laughs) David Carranza says, I kind of wish Rachel was here. Uh, Her playful subtlety would cut right through the Yes, it would have. And the show would have been three hours long because of me, but also because of her. But Rachel's on on a film set right now on the last night of uh, filming. So Everybody send her very nice messages to her pictures and stuff. I think you should do that. Now it says, wait till they bring it back to Coda. Laugh, laugh, laugh from David Carranza. Jason Coe says, I didn't post about her even after 11 months. Jason Cohn, to your credit. Thank yes. you, Jason. Dude, you're, you're a you're prince. You're my hero. <laughs> but I should, I should out Jason. Jason's the one who spoiled me about this. <laughs> <laughs> I could finally talk about it, Jason. I could, it's like, didn't you know Troy's army? I'm like, what? Jason, come on. Don't tell me the stuff. It messes with my head. But I love you, Jason. You're a really great guy. By the way, Jason's been very supportive of the show. Just with comments and just he's really big. F- he loves his work and we love him back for loving his work. It's just, I love enthusiasm, Jason. So cheers, Jason. Walking to Eternal says, poor Charlie. I was mad when Charlie was killed off. Let's circle back to that, to that moment, because we were talking about that. We jumped to the ashes and then went, okay, because we wanted to talk about intentions. Anyway, G. Wilson says, always the quote unquote, you should have stayed off Twitter portion of Twitter that ruins it for everybody. <laughs> you should have stayed off Twitter. Like, no, you should just DM just the like, people who you want to spoil. Have, have some like consideration for other people. Or whatever. like, you know, use like Bridget said in a previous episode. I don't know when, but it was a previous episode. When you post pictures, you have the option in the picture settings to check the box for NSFW or not safe for work, which will Cover put it. a blur on it. So you don't actually see the photo and people can whiz by the words. Thomas, says team madison is greater than team june i wonder if he actually means that though because i know during season five i think it was he actually went out of his way he snapped off a figurine of madison's head (laughs) 
in front of Meg in a video years ago, and it triggered Meg the Geek. Yeah, I was not Meg the Geek. I knew there was a reason I loved you, Tom. There you go. Dave says also Alexa's great. I'm so impressed. Jay Wilson says Strand's Strand this whole episode was just holding Madison and others be- back before Madison loses her shit. And I love it. Yes. I like the line he was the edge that he was on in this episode too. Because you got all these different dimensions in this episode. Daniel, Lucy, Madison, Victor, and everybody had their point of view. And then until a certain point near the end where everybody was kind of against Madison, except for Victor, obviously. Dave Kronz says uh, Bridget losing her shit is everything. I also agree. <laughs> Thomas says how the F did Madison did not know? People tell her that kids are dead and for six years never asked how her kids died and well i'm not the one who's gonna question how people process grief or you know sometimes it's just good enough to know that they had passed and you want to move on she has a mission etc I, I don't want to dwell on that too much but g wilson says i honestly don't expect luciana charlie to go all the way back to texas but then again it has been seven years yeah and at some point when you feel settled and you, you have a purpose and something to do you kind of want to finally put some things to rest you know what i mean g wilson says tom some surprise morgan didn't tell her first concerning the season seven finale but we talked about that in the last episode actually G. Wilson's we said sometimes this is respect with respect to specifically Victor and his tower Morgan has a and this could be seen as a bad or good quality Morgan does have this tendency to kind of try to paint people in a certain light and usually it's not a bad light it's and sometimes like all I see yeah, is it's red usually red <laughs> well that's usually for him he saves the red for him and stockpiles it so that when all he sees is it lasts for kind of while Thomas says okay bitch's reaction and her love of true crime has me frightened yeah me too <laughs> But, he, also, know, he also suggests she's on my she side, so I'm not as frightened. Bodies in her refrigerator. <laughs> I don't. But they're animal bodies, so it's okay. She no. can't have bodies in her refrigerator. She's got too much couponing stuff in yeah, there. It's full of couponing that's true, things. That's true. Right. She's waiting to sell them off. No, she hasn't. No, actually, the fridge she has is a separate fridge empty. for that. The freezer is what's full of the couponing. Yeah, stuff. exactly. G. Wilson says, "If I had money to give, I would do." But it's not. listen, we never. All we ask people to do, have ever asked people to do, is just follow us on Kofi or Patreon. When you give, you're giving from your heart. That's what I care about. That's all I care about. But if when you do follow us on Kofi or Patreon, it means that much more because you know you're. We know that you're interested in even more us, and that means the world to us. So just do it. I prefer Kofi because it's just a. It's a great place. Anyway, I am TWD. Hi, family. Hi, I am hey. TWD. I think Hi, uh, I am from TWD. Instagram, right? And oh, look at that. Marcus Carrillo or Carrillo. I don't know. I'll just say Carrillo because it sounds fun. Carrillo, I believe. What if you fear The Walking Dead ends with Padre getting taken over by the CRM? Hear me out. And Silas is there in the... It's probably continued. It's not continued. But... <laughs> I, you know what? I feel like, and correct me if you guys, if you guys think the same, but do you feel like it's kind of like the Connie Daryl thing, which I, listen, I was a big fan of, but you know, time sort of passed and never sort of happened. I feel like they kind of est the bed on the CRM plot. Except when Lucy says, well, we have to do this for the people who keep this place going. Padre has fallen. So why would they still be, or if they're still making gas for Padre, why wouldn't everybody at Padre? know about it right i feel mm-hmm. like this was like a weird secret for them to have so maybe it's not padre that she's keeping making the gas for maybe it's the Could crm be. because the crm obviously has fuel and we've talked about it before so maybe the crm is who is supplying the gas I kind of so feel basically like that was like what little, we said in season those six or five things yeah. well this is what we said about jenny in season five like okay who's who's all this gas for season she, she a broker for the crm and stuff like that i don't 
know, maybe they're bringing it back, but I was more attributed. I think a lot of the gas, since she has 23 separate way stations, I just think that a lot of the gas is about restocking all those way stations and you need fuel to get there and back and, it, you know, over long distances and different but locations. But who is she doing the way stations for? When did Anybody. they all of a sudden, she says they have 23 outposts. I thought Padre hadn't even started doing outposts yet at the end of, because they were still looking at all the containers. Mm, this is, this wasn't for Padre. This was for her, for her, her own project. It was never a part of Padre. She just said, you know, this is my new so thing. So then how did they go in there and get all the supplies out of the, because all the supplies were guarded by all the walkers. So how did they go in there and get the supplies out? That's a great question, actually. Because when Madison asked about the supplies, she was asking within the context of while she was working with them. So, well, maybe they were already trying to set up some sort of network. Uh, Padre but that's, themselves. That's what I'm saying. They weren't because they couldn't kill the walkers to get the stuff out all the containers maybe they're referring to something else other supplies the containers i know that were specifically for like arid remember we talked about arid locations and and i don't know if there were homes in a box i'm just (laughs) saying if padre has not been fallen for very long right i'm guessing right and padre had not yet started setting things up no I'm, i'm on board nobody could get in to get stuff out of the containers then who are they still doing this for? Well, so what they're who they're doing this for is just regular people. That she's trying to revive the take what you need, leave what you don't thing for just people who are around still. It is kind of an interesting callback to season four where there was nothing everywhere because of the vultures. I like the idea of that, but I just feel like you feel like there's something more. There's got to be it. something more to it. Why else? So you're you're basically that? Victor and Daniel when <laughs> they pop in the shop like this whole thing. Why? Who cares? This is we're seven, nine years, ten years into the apocalypse. Why? Would would anybody keep doing this it just doesn't make sense who's setting up all these things why have they been doing it something is out there they've got something else going on aliens we already talked about that thomas <laughs> so wait thomas says you can you can probably find a bald body in bridges kitchen yep g wilson says it's it's odd because i'm glad lucy got the title card but i feel more like charlie daniel episode that's not unusual but i think they kind of want to shift the focus to lucy because she hadn't it had the, fo- a, the focus it would have spoiled charlie coming back too if they had charlie on the title card yeah exactly unless you argue that lucy connects them both yeah charlie would have spoiled and yeah exactly and you're welcome jason Cohn. thomas says screw jason let's talk about tom no we will anyway don't worry about it i am twda i thought it was already dead so no loss <laughs> thought she was already dead yeah and that's kind of my point is that we'd written her off in our minds and we thought when she came when charlie came back that she would be oh this is a flashback it's gonna be filmed in studio we'd said that it said this we didn't know for sure see it's like the one time i maybe i didn't see it coming like we didn't know she was if she was filming anything for season eight we didn't know anything and alexa was really tight about it she was posting her fashion stuff and we're like okay well i guess she's moved on right we're like okay i guess she's not coming back ish and she already filmed stuff way in advance thomas says morgan is greater than june thomas says who is troy's baby mama sharon needs to find a box with a good internet to take yeah my internet's not been the problem yeah, it's mostly Thomas is the problem. <laughs> or maybe it's Taylor Swift and the problem is her. By the way, I just want to say this out loud because hopefully you'll laugh. When Madison walks off at the end, that's what I was thinking of. Maybe the problem's me. It's me. It's ta- she's Taylor Swift. I'm the problem. Daniel said there's something <laughs> fundamentally wrong with you. I was like, yeah, tell her, Daniel. By the way, the tell, way her how, that, tell her how wrong she is. Yeah. The, the way that he said that the kind of like pause on the F made me think he was about to say, there is something fundamentally <laughs> wrong. You know, I was like, oh, he didn't F bomb in the end. Hmm. I thought it was clever. It was like, wow, the lines he had this episode was so much more Daniel. 
I really I appreciate the mirroring. They've always been really, really good at that and callbacks and stuff like that. And I do love the mirroring to Nick's death and the stadium and all that. I really do. I really thought this episode was good other than Madison. And it's like, I just can't stand her. She goes, don't worry, Charlie. We won't blow your cover. And it's like, she's already blown Victor's cover. <laughs> that's, that's she says so really loudly good... on the radio. And, Charlie, where that's a are good you? Spot. What happened? I know. And then she immediately. It's like a then, mom. No, she tells Come Lucy, home, honey. She tells Lucy, we won't blow your cover. And then she immediately goes outside and just like, like just uh, Madison. <laughs> okay. I like that. Let's go back to Charlie because you had said that she had done this for Madison. And I'm going to contend that there are two specific lines in this episode that indicate that she's not doing this for Madison at all. It's not even for Nick. It's not even for Alicia. It's for what Alicia wanted. Daniel says this specific thing. She knew she was going to get caught. She purposefully got caught. Mm -hmm. She knew she was going to get caught to begin with. This was her plan, essentially. So she wasn't going to go in, try to slip behind enemy lines and kill Troy. She was going to do it this way. She wanted to get caught. She wanted to get tied up and she wanted to be in this position. Essentially, it seems like Charlie wanted to sacrifice herself from the jump. But why, why go through all the trouble to survive the radiation and all that just to kill yourself for no reason? Because in the end it was no reason Madison hadn't guilted her into going in there in the first place then she wouldn't have had to sacrifice herself to keep them from getting the map because she wouldn't have you been know, I don't there. disagree with you the show has a habit of and the characters have a habit of not forgetting or being caught in their loops to quote you Sharon D they get caught in their loops and then they, they can't they can't find their way out now over the years we've gotten soft and that the impossible is possible the, the airplane the beer bottle balloon and all that no stuff no one's gone until they're gone exactly I mean if she's talking about and now we're going Alicia to hard truths. I'm pretty sure the last thing Alicia would have wanted was for her to sacrifice herself for no reason when she didn't have to. Yeah, maybe if you think about it more, but it, it's the whole make it count. Remembering make it count. Why would Alicia go through all the trouble to forgive her and help her have a better life just to watch her die because her mom got mad when she found out what happened? Alicia had already forgiven her. Why wasn't that enough? Right. No, and, and I don't disagree with that. And I like, see, listen, I love the tension and the questions that we can ask out of all this because in the end of the day, what happened happened okay I'll, I'll give you this too because you're comparing madison to the economy awards thing to daryl and it, here is a comparison to daryl wow got in your head daryl dixon he is still paying penance for something that he did mm. how many years ago this whole thought that like maybe he ended up searching out in the u.s and ended up in maine because he was doing something for maggie because he'll always owe maggie because he just feels like he'll always owe her forever and ever even though he confronted her again and she forgave him yeah everyone is forgiven him it's not his fault how is he to know that that was what was going to happen but he's still paying penance so it's kind of like that charlie is feeling like she has to pay penance for this thing that everyone else has said it's okay it's over and the people that were around and who really mattered and granted she had connected with madison first yeah madison was her person like out of all these people as a kid madison was her person that was the person she connected with and nick but yeah madison died so granted yes as an 11 year old she maybe would feel like okay this is the person who brought me in i have to make up for this because she she brought me in she was the one i connected with she was the one that saved me from living this life that i was gonna live with these were they the vultures or whatever yeah yeah but and you're you're right she was the first mover whatever ended up ended up but she was the person that started the change Mm -hmm. that she didn't have to be with the vultures etc even though it ended up the way it ended up yeah no that's a great point but again from the outside i think it's easy for us to just say like get over it it's fine yeah yeah yeah. that's why i 
playing that's from the outside. We all know that's not how it is. I'm still We're replaying all... scenarios from when I was 13. <laughs> Traffic accidents too. You know what I mean? <laughs> like God. it's like when you're living it, it's different. Because when I saw the warning at the beginning of the episode, Thomas was just mentioning that. So I didn't see it the first time. I saw it the second time, and I remembered thinking like, okay, yeah, like she does commit, but it's not like it has to do with mental illness. But right, okay, it okay. does to a degree. Well, in, in, in as much as every one of us is mentally ill, in, yes, in a yeah, sense, well, especially everyone in. I, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying yes. you're right. Everybody yeah, in yes. apocalypse is damaged. Yes, 100%. yes, and There's so much trauma. I want to add one more thing to what you said: is that it's very, very, very easy to see Charlie as a kid, and even though to us, because we're of a certain age, we'll always see her as a kid. One of the things I wrote near the end when she makes that decision is that yes, she's 20 years old. She's a woman. She made a decision of someone in her age and an accelerated apocalypse and yes i know 20 years old but she's been living in an accelerated apocalypse in an oil field with the same three or four people for seven years she's 20 years old but she does not have the experience or mental capacity not the mental capacity but the experience a life experience of a 20 year old so that's interesting that you say that because trauma does stunt your emotional growth this is like a proven psychological Mm -hmm. thing the biggest like example of this is alcoholism you are mentally stunted to the age that you begin drinking if you are an alcoholic so let's say you begin you begin drinking at age 14 really heavily every day for 20 years so you're 34 but mentally you're at the level of a 14 year old and trauma has that same kind of effect it can mentally stunt you in ways maybe 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 i'm looking at this through the lens of like if this were real life which it's not because it's a teenager, not but true but i think it's important to reflect on her age currently and i i will say one more thing to the point that we've always made in almost every single episode for every episode i keep forgetting that it's been seven years later except for this one when i saw lucy pop on the screen specifically lucy i really felt because we haven't seen her also i really fe- that's the reason that's it but i really felt that yeah oh my god it's been seven years since i've seen lucy mm. luciana and so for the first time in in this episode i've really felt that so much time has passed and so i don't know maybe then they've been holding her back because then we'd finally feel the seven years that that's gone by and we'd actually realize the changes so when you or me this is the way i felt but when you take that into account and you actually look at charlie and look at some of the mature decisions that were mentioned that she made in this episode like exhuming nick's body and cremating it over the years and things like that mature things like that like you know what i needed to do that to resolve something inside of me that's been holding me back all these years so that i can continue with this purpose with lucy to continue this trucker network again reflecting on season four polar bear luciana is polar bear a la clayton and charlie's I iron tiger that. okay wait a minute logan was desert fox iron tiger wouldn't iron butterfly have been better for charlie yeah you're right yeah and you I- know what can we dwell on the name for a minute she even had the rocker goth iron butterfly in a gata davida baby look <laughs> I think Iron Tiger, I think of like some jujitsu, kung fu, Chinese, Chinese yeah, stuff. <laughs> well, only because of the Morning Star. Yeah, I, I agree. Okay. But and you're right. And I don't know why specifically Iron Tiger because of the references that I, I pulled up. I could find nothing other than some stuff about some stuff. Is there a tiger in The Little Prince? Except I just figured it out. It's Skidmark. <laughs> 
Shut up. It's and maybe you're right. And because the well, the semi is metal, iron. He's a tiger. Right? Sounds cool. He's, he's a tiger cat. It's we it's need. You know park. what? We need to ask somebody because I need to know where that comes from because it sounds like something. We can ask Phil. Let's do that. But yeah. I want to ask. So the things that I found for for Iron Tiger specifically was it was a codename for an ag- agricultural report in from the tenth Dalai Lama. It's a video game studio name, and most notably that I could find was the Iron Tiger was a fictional book by Jack Higgins. Mm-hmm. 1960s British protagonist plane is grounded in the Himalayas and must escort a Tibetan leader's son to safety over over land, escaping Chinese forces. There is some sort of twist that I could not find in time yeah. for this episode. I looked up Iron Tiger and I kept getting up stuff about stones, iron, tiger, like iron, tiger, iron crystals. That and was not what I'm looking for. Well, there is a vague reference to a suit of armor from a certain period in the in the Chinese dynasty, and, and I wanted to look up the significance. But the thing is that it's so borders on fiction, like a uh, non-existence, that I'm not sure it even has relevance. So anyway, but can we dwell on her look because I felt like they did this weird mash. Of of Sarah and Alicia with Charlie. Specifically Sarah with the hanging handkerchiefs. For a split second when she stepped out, I thought it was going to be Sarah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Because the boots, the boots right. were sort of, the and handkerchiefs were sort of. she's stepping down out of the truck, you know. So there's a little the FU there, by the way which I didn't like, but also it's kind of sweet that she learned from her auntie, auntie, auntie Sarah. Can we also land on the headcanon that possibly Sarah is out there in the network del- delivering supplies? We can do that, right? We can, Sarah and Wendell are still That's what part I said. I, that's in my headcanon. I'm okay with alive. that, you know, but I also like the Alicia reference. Her jacket in specific made me think of Alicia as well. So it's like that mix of Sarah and guys, screw me if I'm wrong, but I thought I saw Sarah's belt or belt buckle I want to take a closer look at the episode, but I thought I maybe saw her specific belt buckle. I think she had like a Texan belt buckle or something like that. Sarah, we should pay attention to that a little bit more. So I, I looked up I the Little Prince Texas. and Tiger to see because the Little Prince is the book that Lucy or right. Lucy gives to Charlie to Charlie and Charlie gives back to Lucy. Now, I found four. an excerpt from something called the Flowers Vanity, but it looks it appears to be the same art as the Little Prince. It's like a Little mm-hmm. Prince on the planet. And it says, there are no tigers on my planet, the little prince had objected. And besides, tigers don't eat weeds. I'm not a weed, the flower sweetly replied. Forgive me. I am not at all afraid of tigers, but I have a horror of drafts. You wouldn't happen to have a screen. A horror of drafts. That's not a good sign for a plant, the little prince had observed. How complicated this flower is. Anyway, so there's like this excerpt from the little prince about the fact that there's no tigers on their planet. I don't know. I was looking for some sort of connection. That's the one thing that I could think of. Maybe there was a piece of media you know that she was had interacted with was it one of the pictures that silas found that iris drew a tiger that's the tiger and the lamb mm-hmm. that from the yeah. poem tiger and the lamb it's tiger tiger burning bright I, no yeah, I i'm think thinking so. of something else. is it yeah i think so i thought so okay yes but that's, just, right, yeah, that's right yeah i still think it's skid mark i like that <laughs> I, no, I'm actually more comfortable with that than any other reference at this point. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. We were promised Skidmark this season. We did not well, that, get we it We just yet. got him. Iron Tiger. God ah, damn it. We were promised a <laughs> lot of things this season. We haven't gotten yet. <laughs> well, specific things, not... Daniel's face when he first... First when he saw Lucy. And like I was just like, oh. And then when he saw Charlie. Can you imagine how happy Daniel was to have both of his girls back oh. on the same day? Especially when he thought was dead. 
dead for sure because everybody thought Charlie was dead. Yeah. So that was Charlie that was, was super sad. And you know what, Daniel? Props to you for getting the heck away from Madison because she is toxic. Like Britney Spears? No, and I was happy with that. I'm as much of a Madison fan as I am. I like Madison because she can be awful. And sorry, I just like that. It's kind of like when people like Shane in a way, even though they can say sometimes Shane was right. Shane did nothing wrong. I'm not like that. No, I know <laughs> well, I that mean, Madison does wrong. To, you know, a woman. But anyway. What? What exactly? Force himself <laughs> upon someone. But, but what I mean know. is I like her character because and also the intentions really matter too, as opposed to Shane. But even then, OK, whatever. I don't want to get into a thing about Shane because over the years I've actually softened on him, which is really weird. I know. I mean, I love him, but as... I like love to hate him. But anyway. But anyway, yeah. With regards to that decision that Daniel made at the end, I was all for it. And I love how everybody turned on her. Everybody. And that was the mm-hmm. right move. And I like that that's how things ended up because I said in the last episode, I feel like this is intentional. I feel like they're framing her character in an ugly way to make us not like her. And it was intentional. It's working a yes. lot. <laughs> no, and I think I think that's what it is. Well, I, I really I think do. It's, you're finally, here's the thing, those first four seasons. The chickens have come home to roost. <laughs> these Those four, first four seasons, everyone was like, Madison, Madison, Madison. She didn't make good choices. She never did. She always made horrible choices. They were usually self-sabotaging in some way or another. Well, not always, she, but yeah, they were a little almost bit always. out there. A lot of risks taking. It was big risks for sometimes really little payout. And a lot of the time it hurt the people around her. She like refused to make connections outside of her children. There was a lot of codependency that was not healthy. And I think that she was really put on a pedestal despite all of those decisions. So it's kind of nice for this to be more grounded and be like, no, she's still she's still doing what she's done before. It's okay to not like that about somebody. You don't yeah, have to yeah. be like, oh, she's the worst character ever. I mean, like you can feel that way, but I'm just saying like. And you can still like the character yes, for what they are. Yes. That's that's my point of view. Yes. I, I love that complexity. I love that, compl- which, I, you know, going back to Charlie in that first confrontation, I really liked that reaction. And mostly actually, because I like that in a sense, to one of your points, Sharon, about fan service, quote unquote, I feel like that moment gave fan service to some of the fans who did not like what Charlie did. I said the only thing that I found a positive about Madison coming back was I wanted to see how she interacted with Charlie. They actually mm-hmm. gave us that. And it wasn't what I expected. I mean, I expected Madison's reaction, but I did not expect Charlie to end up the way she did. No. Yeah. But I think yeah. I didn't in some no. way, don't you think that's Alexa's way of being like, fine, you guys finally got what you wanted? I feel like a fans. lot went into that. Yeah, because it's like they were so cruel to her. I, I'm going to say this. Her acting in this episode, I feel like she held back. I really think she could have gone further well, and really drew upon some experiences. And wouldn't that go to such a dark place, though? Like, you have to tap into some really dark Sorry. stuff to do that. Yeah, I know. I know. But I feel like she should go there. Alexa, if you, if I have any advice for I'm talking to you directly, Alexa. Alexa, we're friends, right? We are. We're, we're good friends. We're not that great friends. But <laughs> go there. Use it. They gave you a gift. Use it. Well, I'm glad that she finally got to say like you know what fine here you go screw you guys here it is like i i don't know there's something poetic about that no i i agree i agree i'm just saying i feel like she could have taken that just taken that a little further it's okay chicken chicken earth she's a young she's a young (laughs) girl she don't have to tell this is for you madison (laughs) that's what she should say well you know (laughs) anyway but again going back going back to that moment i i really enjoyed that they did not sugarcoat it they gave people in many people who were waiting for this and for it to go this way they gave them that fan service they didn't pull back they didn't pull any punches madison continued the like she did with troy in the last episode Ah, 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 ah." anyway sorry
sorry, I'm my little impression of Madison or Kim Dickens as Madison. Listen, oh, again, I'm just reminding the audience you know, that I like Madison uh, as a character. Owen said okay? something really interesting in the chat that I'd like to just state before we before we move on to something else because it has to do with Charlie and the the depression portion. Wait a minute. G Wilson said, "Is it bad that Charlie's hair in this episode reminded me of the Megan movie but like brunette and black?" It's a wig. I even wrote in my notes she had the yeah. worst wig on. She like, had a it wig. was awful. The wig was okay. What the issue was is that her eyebrows are not the same color and they had to darken them like to match it and that made it really obvious uncanny right okay so thomas said as soon as i saw that before the episode i knew somebody was going to do it and it only made sense that it was charlie walking dead eternal said i think we have three more episodes or four thomas said she did it for alicia she said that place was what alicia wanted g wilson's said four more episodes but the last two air on the same day Correct. same day that's right so week before thanksgiving this ends and i'm eternally mad about it jason Cohen says i think alicia wouldn't like madison asking charlie that i i agree 100 thomas said oh i feel bridget rant coming on you weren't kidding you, you got it okay <laughs> owen said here's what owen said that i just i feel like this is a really good point i think it was the resurfacing of the emotions charlie was making it better for herself helping lucy with the gas and everything but she saw madison and told her what she did to nick and it brought out all the pain and guilt she felt in say 410 when she tried killing herself when she was locked in with alicia that not wrong kind of brought that full circle so like which added point. the Thank fact that she called that. herself a piece of crap too yeah. can i also say that you have to look at it this way also charlie has spent the last seven years thinking that everything was all right i was forgiven mm. and to have someone mm, maybe well i'm pretty i'm pretty sure she did because alicia forgave her you know so i'm not saying she, she didn't still, herself but yeah i'm not saying she doesn't still feel guilt but i feel like she was doing okay with it you know like she was like fine i have a purpose I'm doing something useful that can help people. I'm making up for it. And then Madison just suddenly reappears and all of that guilt and everything just rushed back. And maybe that just kind of overwhelmed her to the point that she didn't think clearly either because I just don't see Charlie as the unaliving herself type. <laughs> right. Wow, I used some modern terminology there. But on a narrative level, it works so well. The sequence of events from pushing Charlie to do her bidding to pulling back when she re realized how much time had passed again another reference to how much time had passed and how much growth she was trying to attain and how much she was trying to pay penance in service to Nick and Madison and Alicia. And then the whole make it count from Alicia that carried over from the end, of, near the end of season seven. I think narratively and story-wise and poetically, everything that happened in this episode was just so spot on. But when you go down to the ground level about who these characters are, I can see why you might have a, a system error with what Charlie did in the end. Because like after all the growth, this is how it goes down or this is how she chose to have it go down after everyone works because apparently padre healed her from her radiation sickness even though the problem with the walker experiment was the radiation was too dangerous and making it damaging people too much but somehow they can like fix radio i don't know whatever targeted radiation versus broad spectrum radiation after everybody went all the trouble to save you and blah 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 yeah. and then this yeah, is how yeah. you go out yeah like, i feel like that's it's, the I feel ground like it's a waste i feel like it's a waste <sighs> if somebody's gonna unalive themselves let it be madison because she's old and can't breathe and is useless so get rid of her and let the kids stay who has a long and oh profitable gosh. life ahead of her i don't agree madison forever just kidding charlie goodbye no, I'm kidding. darth madison <laughs> i'm kidding i don't <sighs> really know listen i stole I, again. you from your father <laughs> <laughs> i stole you from your father victor cue the <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyway. Morgan, I have the high ground. Okay, I got it. I got it. Okay, so the in terms of narrative, in, t- in terms of narrative, <laughs> what I really liked most about this idea was that maybe this is why I was spared. So that I can make it to this point to protect Padre, to make it count for something, make it mean, make my life thus far. Because, listen, just on the level of her having cancer, even, but also having been spared the wrath of Victor, Alicia, Lucy for killing Nick. Maybe that's what this is for. Maybe all of this was to protect Padre. I just have to say, though, like, it's just a place. Like, how many times have we, like, had this conversation? It's just a place. But it's the place. It's it's the place. place. But why? Just because they say (laughs) so. Like, everything, every place falls. That's, like, always the point. Listen, that's what we say. (laughs) Like, even the Commonwealth will fall. This drives me crazy. It's just a place. The show's over. We can't litigate it. But no, the Walking did that. The Walking did that too. Yeah, I know. That's the thing. That's why I'm like, we keep having the same conversation. But Bridget, Bridget, they haven't seen The Walking Dead. I know. I know. So you, you it's can't, very you can't evident. Blame, <laughs> you can't blame them for... And you know what? Okay, and let's let's get really realistic instead of show realistic. How are you going to tell somebody to not find that place? And this place does look like the place. It's It has defensible borders, like the most geographic defensible borders you could ever have. So if they keep building it up and making and having these little security systems, like kind of like a campus colony where you have the uh, gated iron doors so like in case you fall you die when you fall when you're falling asleep you know you're there behind a metal door that you can't bust through as a walker i mean i get it you know everybody wants to have a home i get it but like when does it stop being worth lives this is the age old question of everybody i see what you're saying everywhere for every war ever i definitely see what you're saying (laughs) it's just that it's like how do you tell somebody to stop or it's it's not worth it it's just worth my it's it's hard that's all yeah well you know what and think of it also on the story level because people fought and died to protect this place on both sides on the Padre side on the the children who took over Padre and then also now Madison on a narrative level people are looking at Padre from that lens of Alicia make it count make this count make this the tower that Victor was trying to do when he had good intentions okay. right but Dave here's the thing here's the thing What's, here's the thing no, that happened here's the I'm thing right that happened wrong. Madison came in she came in there and she was like I'm gonna blow up your spot I'm gonna take Troy and I'm gonna make him like I'm gonna poke the bear and then guess what and then yeah. Everyone's going to yeah. be like, you're messed up. Yeah. Something's fundamentally wrong with you. And she's going to yes. be like, okay, I'm out. Victor, you deal with it. Okay. So let's, whoa, let's, let's stay here. Let's stay here. I love that part. Do you know why he said, I can't do this without you? Because he's tried that before. And he did. Work. He did. He's afraid of being that guy again. Yes. Because he doesn't want to be in so... charge because he's done everything. Like they, they had like the whole quorum thing versus him leading on his own because he doesn't trust himself. I totally On top get it. of everything else. But also like. It's so delicious. Like she doesn't know what he did. She doesn't still doesn't know what he did technically at the tower. Like the horrors that he wrought on everybody. It's so delicious. I like the tension. I love it. I know it's frustrating. It's though, so but frustrating. I love it. It's so, but it's, it's so frustrating. It's the best. She's like, peace. I'm out. Good but luck. This is his chance. And you know what? Wouldn't it be great if Victor turned out to actually chance. finally I really grow? Hope so. I really, it's really It's his really like hope fourth so. chance. It's his fourth chance. I love Victor so much though. I'll never stop loving Victor. I don't know why. And now he has somebody to fight for. <laughs> That's the thing. When Madison was about to give the map to Pop. And then Victor finally steps in. He goes, that's where uh, Frank and Klaus are. That's where they are. Yeah, I know. I don't. I, that's And I love that. It's like, yeah. wow, this is what it's going to be. This this is what gets him to kind of be a better man. Like, OK, maybe in the past it might have been Alicia. But Alicia, like, he doesn't sleep with Alicia. So <laughs> doesn't have a child with Alicia. Just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It's different. It is different. It's different. No, that's the baby daddy. You just figured it out. Strand, you are the father. 
Oh, no. Oh, God. Is this like oh, no. Daryl being with Dog all over again? So anyway. the thing is, though, is that <laughs> nice, nice share, with Frank and Klaus, he's been with them longer, too, though. We forget this because there were time jumps. And so it's like it's really confusing to keep track of. I said one of my issues with this episode was something having to do with the writing. It had to do a lot with that argument between Madison and Charlie. But the other big thing was that everyone's reaction to seeing each other again is so like down here where they're like, oh, hello there. I've said that. Did you feel that in this episode? episode too oh yeah because i didn't oh yeah yeah because okay. i said yeah. that when when madison and june were reunited i was like well that was lackluster you did and, and then, then and then madison and strand it's like she was just a horrible terrible person like that was and not then lucy the way it was lucy sees her and she's like and madison's like luciana and then lucy's like madison i thought you were dead and like it's just Look, really like everybody is as happy to see madison as i was <laughs> what i compare this to is like okay so us right when we see each other in person <laughs> there's video of this we are insane we're like we are a little bit yeah rachel's yelling at people i'm like i'm like shut up shut up and like everyone's like yelling and like oh my god oh my god and, okay. and we're all okay so and that's like we don't i just want to say one thing we to haven't that. known each other that long we certainly didn't live through an apocalypse together i just well, want to say one thing to that nobody does that for me there's no oh my god oh my god you oh, never it's surprise it's us it's dave it's, it's, dave. Just, it's, just dave. it's just dave okay shut up dave which actually okay <laughs> i don't mind because you know what what i feel when i see you guys again is oh that's my old friends but in person okay. it's like picking up the ball but okay after dave, just dropping even, it a second okay, ago even though you're saying that we don't walk up to you and we're like oh hey dave no it's more like it's more like i play it cool and i go like hey bridget and then like but i'm literally trying to hold back from peeing in my pants because i'm so excited i'm like a dog that doesn't have as incontinence it's more like hey it's dave like, where are our tickets yeah, <laughs> dave you got partially the tickets? true um no but partially true but we do where are tickets it, we also do. fix my computer <laughs> do in like, person we do all now. hug and we're like excited to see each other yeah so yes. for me yes. and maybe this I'm is just, just like a personality difference right but like i am very yeah. i'm very touchy i'm sorry if you ever meet me in person and you don't like that i'm just gonna apologize in advance i'm so sorry i would try to respect your wishes you're just gonna have to tell don't. me ahead of time i'm just not a be hugger you. because i am a hugger and i'm like even a i'll kiss you on the cheek because i love you and i'm so excited to see you and i'm so happy and i'm that way with people i haven't seen in years i'm just like the thought of seeing someone i haven't seen in so long just just something so special about that especially if it's by happenstance we act like that when we've seen each other on zoom the night before we're I, still know, like I know but for instance <laughs> i was in a pet smart recently i was up in wisconsin for a conference and i stopped by my mom's house for the weekend and we went to a pet smart because she'd just gotten a new puppy and we had to pick up like a lead for outside and while i'm in the store i don't want to see anybody i'm in the town that i went to high school in i, I don't want to see anybody i'm not in i'm not in the mood but i see my friend logan in the back of the store and we both run towards each shit. other and we hug and I'm getting emotional because I haven't really spoken to him since then. But like, I love this kid so much. Seeing him made me so happy. And that was just happenstance. So like for these people to see each other and not be overwhelmed with emotion is so baffling to me. So yes, for everybody else but Lucy, because I think when Lucy sees these three people, in retrospect, when you watch the episode again, you realize why. First of all, I gave you your freedom. <laughs> you, I don't want to ever... 
and again, this goes to when Victor says thanks for the fuel. He's shaking Lucy's hand, and Lucy gives her that smile, gives him that smile. But it's like that that handshake that's like extended. Like it's she has to lean really far forward instead of getting close to Victor. Mm-hmm. And right, for, well, so first of all, I thought, okay, at least she didn't starve herself and die. <laughs> in that True. she accepted Victor's thanks. True. Okay, I don't want to dwell on that, but because it'll make it's me not mad. in my head canon, of, so it doesn't matter. Right, exactly. But then there's the other. So so. <laughs> but then the Madison thing, seeing Madison again brought up very complicated feelings for Lucy. So I felt like her reaction was appropriate, at least for her, to the point where like, okay, I have to deal with Iron Tiger now. Hi. Okay. I do want to, I want to go back to the Everybody comments. else, like, I don't get. I want to go back to the comments, Dave, because Owen is just delivering like hard truths in the comments right now. Owen is the shit today. <laughs> just, I I, Owen, you are killing can I Can I start from the top though? Because like, uh, oh crap, I started, uh, Thomas says, oh crap, I started drinking at three-year-olds. Three-year-olds, that's why I still pee the bed. Go into your alcoholism question. <laughs> yeah. David Crown says, everything that Sharon he said yeah obviously Thomas said th- I think she looked more like Wendell yep I actually thought that actually <laughs> so, anyway but not the way you're thinking Thomas David Cron says it should be Iron Butterfly G wasn't says I miss Skidmark yeah me too that's what I'm saying I mean I don't really care I'm not a bad love person. Skidmark but then but then I just gave up the ghost just now Jason Cron says yeah his face lit up such a great guy in person super nice guy yes I've heard that a lot mm. he is amazing philanthropist incredible musician by the way if you ever before heard of stuff before you move on I just want to say that I got a belated birthday card from Kendall in the mail oh yeah banner in progress which is so sweet with a very touching note because of a conversation that we had recently which just it's very touching so sweet she sent me a picture of Daniel that she drew because she remembered that Daniel was my favorite fear character and I received it this Monday hmm. from watching this episode so I I don't know I just wanted to bring that up it was just like a beautiful touching moment it's very sweet good 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 I, I'm glad it finally came because I, I gave her your ad- your address <laughs> anyway Jason <laughs> sorry I think, no, I, think it tur- I think it worked out okay <laughs> <laughs> Walking to the Eternal says, speaking of Tiger, quote unquote, Shiva, the OG animal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a nice, nice, like, nice callback. David Carnes laughs, obviously, because I said something funny. Just me. It was me. Uh, Owen's- <laughs> it was me. Me this time. No, it was definitely not me. <laughs> Owen says, not necessarily just a place, quote unquote, for what Padre is, but it's the pl- the place for everyone. The amount of people that they have, if they lost that, what other options are really viable for that amount of survivors? Yeah, parents and children that were trying to reunite in a safe and secure place. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to. And also, it really dovetails nicely with what Lucy's doing. We're already moving almost like this post-apocalypse or um, post post apocalypse reality that's sort of like we're kind of like how the commonwealth was the place mm-hmm. i don't know world beyond has its own thing but yeah we're, we're we're already moving into the space where like we're in phase two of the apocalypse where okay now we're starting to establish like a back to normal reality or trying to at the least desperately so i like this i love your comment owen and it kind of helps with that with what troy's going after padre because he has people and he's been searching for home but when he hears of a place like padre with that many people he feels like like it's a need yeah he's desperate and i love that he established that establishes that need in this episode like it's not even about necessarily taking it away from madison as i had said he's a psychopath that's all he wants to do he's just using the parents and all that stuff well no we're getting an eyeful of of what his presuppositions were about madison it's very ironic because all the things that i had said about troy in the previous episode about him being a psychopath that's me putting my suppositions on troy meanwhile he is putting suppositions on madison it doesn't hurt that he's not wrong but 
intentions matter. She'll destroy anything, whatever. She'll, yeah, but she did that for her kids, even though they were misguided, whatever. She didn't do that to hurt you, Troy. She did that for her kids. You know, you got, you messed up, you, because you're a messed up individual. And he's still messed up. Okay, whatever. Anyway, Jason Cohen says, I really like the new Strand. Me too. I do too. He's very complicated. G. Wilson says, going from season seven where Strand distanced himself from love in the or, in order to lead G. Wilson's to season eight where he embraces love in order to fight for Padre's protection is interesting to me. Yes, the reverse. And it's never, it's like set in stone with this hotel that they were in before. It's the negative tower. Well, in order to be together, we need love, you know, and we need to embrace the stranger, you know, that sort of thing. And G. Wilson says, it's always just Dave. Yes, I know. G. Wilson says, I live this reality. It's just Dave. Hi, Dave. I'm fix my computer, Dave. Where's my tickets, Dave? Where's my free merch, Dave? Anyway, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. They're the best. They show me just as much, not just as much. Anyway, <laughs> David Carranza says, I would lose my shit if I met you, David. I would lose my shit too, David Carranza. I'm a really good hugger. I'm a better hugger and I have bare fur under here. Anyway, Owen, sa- <laughs> Owen says, I'd say that they're very hardened at this point. Seeing people, di- yeah, I totally agree. Seeing people dying, they loved. It would hurt so much for the good things that are hard to really take and appreciate. That's why the emotions came, came later when Lucy and Madison hugged yeah, and then still said, yeah, but I, but bitch, you gotta go. I gotta go. This is the last fuel I'm giving you, which is fair. Yeah, it's it fair, is. but their emotion is there. Sorry, I'm obsessed with this showing up yes that's why we're here owen that's why we're here baby it's literally why we talk about this and by the way owen if you like this and we're not always going to go live so consider following us on ko-fi or patreon by the way in case we do pre-recorded episodes you can be in the real-time chat it's just it's free to just follow it's free the free it's free to attend the recording sessions it's free to get the recording schedules but we only post them on ko-fi or patreon just so you know uh we'll say at the end if you stick around to the end i mean if you want to be on here with us that's there is a slot an open. An option. I'm just, anyway. But anyway. And, you know, it's there. It's there. You, you, you look at the tiers if you want to. That's fine. We don't care about that necessarily, though. But anyway, Thomas says, to Thomas' point, if you happen to stick around, Owen, uh, Thomas says 60 minutes is greater than 180 minutes, which we haven't I even have crossed to go 120. In 10 minutes, though. 10 minutes. That's right. Walking to the journal says, I'm kind of mixed up on the timeline of the TW. Yes. I like how in- he just kind of skimmed over that, Bridget. Yes. 10 <laughs> yes, o'clock. yes. You have to go. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. 10 o'clock. Yes, yes. I'm not going to waste time. That's, I'm trying not to waste time. I'm respecting <laughs> your time. Walking to Eternal says, I'm kind of mixed up on the timeline of TW Universe. And I say, you know what? To your point, don't even bother. Hey, Mitchie. Don't even bother. Just I mean, time is more of a feeling. Walking Dead Eternal. <laughs> Jason Cohn says, Walking Dead Eternal season eight is 12 years after the start. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll take your word for it, season Jason Cohn. Season eight Cone. is 12 years like... after the start. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're roughly equal with, with the Walking Dead. Yeah, I feel like that too. Mitchell says, hello. I told you we'd be on Mitchell, by the way. I really enjoyed this episode way hello, more than the last Mitchell. one. Yes, me too. Hello. Following. The... Oh, okay. Yeah, following sorry, deliver uh let me deliver the line like like anybody would in the apocalypse apparently hello there mitchell but mitchell doesn't know what you're referencing <laughs> hello so okay, he just got on hello this mitchell <laughs> that's he, he wasn't on then either Jesus, you guys are terrible of at the this. seinfeld <laughs> hello that's what it reminds me of hello like mrs doubtfire newman <laughs> newman no the belly i don't think there's the even a, is there even a hello for newman it's just like it's newman. just newman the hello yeah. is when jerry does like a voice for his girlfriend's hello. stomach hello yeah. by the way this is jerry seinfeld another see you guys are terrible at this anyway I'm sorry i'm dating myself <sighs> i'm old <laughs> you, I, and you're not even giving these poor children <laughs> Watching go watch episodes. Seinfeld, you guys. If you don't know what I'm talking about, but just they don't even it. know. Anyway, Owen says following the Patreon. Yes, sitcom <laughs> net net network television. <laughs> what is network television? 
It's not what you're watching now. Anyway, G. Wilson says, I like this episode in the last one, but this one was more intense. Yeah. Yeah, G. Wilson's keep laughing too. Uh, at me only, like David Carranza. Thanks, Owen, for following okay, so, us. Oh, in case you missed it. Okay, because I didn't know what was happening at first. Do you remember Hawk, one of the prefects? Yeah. Was with was, Daniel. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm going to, in my head canon, assume is his father, his ginger father. I want to say that Daniel or Madison or whoever found their father, Hawk's father, and they're in that shop. This is my head canon, my head canon. I want it to be the case, like father and son with Daniel. And sure. The, why is nobody nice. reacting to this okay. fact? <laughs> It's I sure. like that the, the and okay to maybe even go to the point of how we said people die in the episode that they're introduced. I like that they're still using these kids that we saw on the TV already, and they're not gone. <laughs> yeah, that we that's saw fair. on the TV. <laughs> Already. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, fear has such a great track record with keeping kids around. So, also, also, <laughs> also, in addition to. Walking to the turn, we're not talking about Hawk from Kobakai. We're talking about Hawk from from one of the children, by the way. Uh, one of the children who was named one of the prefects, the Padre prefects, was named Hawk, and he was given the business to Baby Mo, essentially. Baby Mo, Daniel, in that one scene in episode three, I want to say. You like Bridget as pumpkins over there. I, I thought about that today. I looked in the mirror and I went, oh my God, I'm David S. Pumpkins. I didn't even mean to be. I'm David S. Pumpkins. There you go. Spooky, spooky. Yeah. It is like the what? silliest. It's the silliest. Am I supposed to know who that is? I don't know. I'm Jewish. I don't know, I don't know why I brought Judaism into this. <laughs> what? I don't believe in this. Uh, it's not in my tradition. <laughs> I don't even know what we're talking about right now. Listen, I think we've run the gamut on this episode, really, to be honest. Let me make sure I aired all my grievances. I'm just kidding. <laughs> By the way, in another bonus that you get when you tip us or join our memberships here on Kofi is that all the notes that I took that probably haven't made this episode, you can get on our Kofi and Patreon. It's literally the notes I take before we get on and it covers basically, I really kind of just wrote a lot of dialogue in my notes in this episode because as much as I do criticize the dialogue, some of it actually felt like it had a relevance in like pointing to certain things that I really liked, at least, even though the economy of words in this in the dialogues isn't, isn't that great. I have two times things. Oh, wait. One is that you were right about Troy having a daughter. I know. We should have highlighted I that. I was. We should have highlighted that. I hate to make wild theories usually. So it's surprising to me that one, that I vocalized a theory on air and then two, that it was actually correct because usually when I do, it's later immediately wrong. <laughs> so. Right. Well, Rachel has the same problem too, by the way. She's she's aired that grievance <laughs> by the way, live. And I know, and I just want to say that because I have to tell you that I knew about that. That's one of the things I knew about the spoilers I knew about and I couldn't say anything about it and I hope I didn't feed that you made a face into your at the time but I was I like I did and I really sh <laughs> wished I didn't and I, I, I hated it but it's a face of hate I hate that I know this and I, I don't know how to deal with this but I feel like I've been doing okay there's more Let's stuff that I know but it, Jason Cohn did not spoil him it was not Jason Cohn it was not just <laughs> somebody else in entertainment media who shall not be named because I you know it's not their fault they Baltimore. didn't know um, to be fair they thought that every Everybody knew. That's why it was did told to me. Did you say like, Baltimore? Yeah. <laughs> I did. Like a true Southern girl. It's Voldemort. Voldemort. Why? What did you? What would you say, Sharon? It's Voldemort. Oh, I like she, the way I say it's it. It's like she said Baltimore, like B, like B A L L. He's Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs> no, she Charity's taking no, that on the. Well, he does Baltimore. look like a testicle. <laughs> I said, shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Oh. <laughs> 
Anyway. This is like owl. Where, what are your grievances? This is owl all over again. This is oh. owl. <laughs> Althea Stepchick. Althea. Althea. Oh, my God. Apparently that's a meme right there. Said. Althea. That's what I said. Because Lois that's was a like, Lois. who's owl? <laughs> Althea. So the two, my two tiny things are them cigarette prices, though. They were two dollars. I wrote that too. High five! High five! And by the way, hi head of films on Instagram. Yeah. I was like, what? That's wild. Why didn't I write down more? There were some other things uh, too, like obviously the Billy Bass fish thing on the wall. Oh yeah. Well, Low Country Landing, I couldn't find the map for that. I, I couldn't that. find that either. I did look. <laughs> I really tried hard, and I wasn't really necessarily looking for that. But anyway, I was looking for anything named Landing in near Savannah, but and hopefully I'd find the area. But couldn't. Two seventy five. Yeah, I know. Two seventy five. Pack. Do you guys? That's 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 crazy. I like the faint country music which Daniel was saying, who's in here listening to this awful music? Because it's Muzak. It's country Muzak. It's the worst. If you really pay attention to it. That's it, rough. Listen, it's not, listen, in the apocalypse, it's a, it's like, oh, music, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the only other thing that I wrote down was that, that Madison freaking out about the one-armed walker. Logically, <laughs> like Alicia would not be anywhere near them. Not only that, but they would look like raggedy stumps because walkers don't heal. Alicia's stump was healed. Mm-mm. You know, they had tapered it over and it was like a healed these are raggedy where they've just been chopped off. It would look nothing like that. Yeah. But I think we've established that like just like with Nick, she doesn't know the gory details because she wasn't told by Morgan what it's they not, were. It's not know? that. It's more just the like, oh my daughter, I, I failed her. It's like that whole thing. You're asking Madison. Yes, yes, obviously. But you're also asking Madison to be like us. I do like the choice <laughs> messing with her like that like yeah it's pretty yeah. funny and he had some funny Can I tell you he had some funny moments again yeah. <laughs> i don't know well, he kind of so, cracked me up so i love i love yeah and i wrote down <laughs> some of those lines as well in my notes but her madison seeing the stumpy the walker that she stumpy. thought was alicia so it's that thing right it's like stumpy walker anyway but oh it's that God, thing that gets in and stumpy a spinoff with Mo and Alicia would call him Rin and Stumpy. Elton, Alicia. It's the, stump, it's the Stumpy Club. The Ren and Stumpy Club. So with regards to Madison, though, like it, it is it is like a real thing. I, I remember I've had a longtime girlfriend whom, whom I still have this phenomenon with is that and every now and again, not really that often. But it's that feeling that when you see somebody on the street that resembles that person, it really gets in your head. You kind of forgot about it, but then it gets in your head. And you're like, is that is it that person? But they live so far away. Are they in the city? Oh, my God. Did I just pass her in the street? That phenomenon that now everywhere you look, you're going to be looking for Alicia's body and anything that may resemble that body is it's going to trigger you. It's like, oh, is that Alicia? Is that Alicia? So I, I really bought in, especially the way they filmed this episode. I like the tight pull in, the push-ins into her face. And I did like that. I did really yeah, like that. Yeah, the way she reacted to Charlie. They did this interesting technique, which you can see when people use this technique, they they really go hard on it, meaning they make it pretty obvious. But when they do the push-in, they do the push-in. And when they do the pull out, the technique is you pull the camera back. Usually it's you pull the pa- camera back slowly while zooming in. The background actually moves away from the subject that you're filming that you're focused on so if you you'll notice that really quickly as famous technique used in jaws for one of the most famous scenes when brody's on the beach and something i'm not going to say anything because i don't want to spoil it for anybody it's only a 50 year old movie but <laughs> when brody's on the beach and something Thank happens you. and i've been busy the last 50 years i'm just yes. kidding i've seen jaws <laughs> that's one of the most famous scenes 
and that that was a Steven Spielberg thing, pushing in while pulling back at the you know, zooming in while pulling back in it. It right. just gives you this like tunnel vision feeling, like mm-hmm. yeah, like like your like the world just dropped out from underneath you. Mm-hmm. Now they with the way they did it in this episode was very quick, very subtle, so you don't really notice it, and that's expert technique. It's not like there's an there's a term for this. It's not gratuitous, right? The way if you want to see a version of this that is gratuitous and very obvious, and it's like oh look what I can do. Oh my god, the babysitter's dead, right? Isn't that, do you remember that? movie yes don't tell mom the babysitter's dead yeah when they find out how how this this babysitter this old lady babysitter is a horrible person all of a sudden it does that technique and all the kids and the, the background drops back because it's zooming in while pulling back on this wide shot it's just I'll, i don't know i'll put it in the blog maybe if i can find it so anyway the shots in this episode and the filming and getting in people's faces charlie's point of view as she's looking down when when she's coming to looking at the glass and also some of the scenes where she's facing troy Troy's looking into the camera which is meant to be charlie which is also meant to be you, right? You are in Charlie's headspace. You are seeing the world from her eyes. You're experiencing like this kind of tense situation. You're like, what would you do? And the camera is shaky too. So it really feels like you're in her headspace as she's looking at Troy. But Troy's really just, you know, Daniel Sharman's looking at the camera. Some really good shots. The truck that pulls in at the end next to the semi, I noticed that they hit the marks just right. And the angle of the camera is just wide enough so that, that the entire truck fits in the shot without taking all the camera space too. So pay attention to the shots in this episode is what I'm saying. And I know you have to go. I do, but you know what I just realized? The reason Charlie said she couldn't go back wasn't because Troy's people caught her. It's because she'd set up a bomb in the freaking truck. That was the Dude. second thing I was trying to tell you. <laughs> so you're like, dumb. you're femsplaining. Again, you're <laughs> femsplaining. So uh... You know what? It's about time that I get you back. What do you mean? Are you doing hashtag times up on me? <laughs> times. Is that how that works? Down, I don't know. David. Times down, David. <laughs> David, I'm Jewish. LMAO, he's so adorable. I agree. G Wilson's Lord Baldemort. Love it. Callback. <laughs> David Grant says, I love you, nerds. I'm in tears. Good. I'm Good. It's where we want you. Anybody judge for pronunciation. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, well, we, you just haven't been on long enough. And it, I wasn't <laughs> judging. I thought it was fun. I thought it was clever. I'm like, that's pretty funny. I'm not that clever. Yeah, that character, Voldemort. I'm not that clever. <laughs> Y'all heard of this character. He's kind of Lord Voldemort. Lord Vald- Voldemort. Anyway, G. Wilson. <laughs> The scene where Madison had flashbacks to her and Nick. Yeah. Oh, so let's talk Dude, about it for just a hot second. that's what they should have named Alpha. She should have been Lord Baltimore. <laughs> they did. They did. Anyway. <laughs> You just, you just have to be on the ground. G. Wilson says the scene where Madison had, had flashbacks of her and Nick only reminded me of the fact that I loathe the yellowish filter from season four, Amen. but I also hated the gray filter from that season two, which we're kind of sort of seeing now, only it's not gratuitous. Enough with the filters already. But to that end, I did like the use of the flashbacks because it did remind me of Close Your Eyes uh, 410, which was the episode where Alicia forgave Charlie in the basement. You, she was trying to, and right? I love the, the way they bring the call back for at least Charlie let's I know with Madison it was Nick and remembering that and that's fine and I loved it so to G Wilson's point but when they bring it back for Charlie right before she's shooting herself it's the same device and I, I wrote down exactly who she thought of in that moment yeah it was flashes to be in the car in the car with Alicia remembering her parents at the beach at Galveston I think it was Galveston right mm-hmm. it's Galveston. which when when they turned etc and remembering her parents the ocean envisioning the waves lapping her feet like in that episode at the end of the episode it's like almost like I'm grateful 
grateful to you for making it to this point and for giving me the life that I probably shouldn't have had. Oh, this is the last flashback. Okay, there was another flashback before that too. As Charlie sifts through memories of Nick, Madison, Daniel, Alicia, and Luciana. Okay, and then, and then at the end, we see the last image that she sees before she decides to off herself is Alicia again before she left her at the raft. And it's literally the words that she says. It's make it count. It's just so beautiful. Anyway, you're reading the comments. Instead of listening to my beautiful words, right, David Carranza? He's the only one I can um, You point. said we were leaving. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Listen, G. Wilson's uh, got my got my number. And walking to Terrell says music, music, LMAO. That's funny. It, it it was. Owen says it's also interesting that we don't know exactly when exactly Troy encountered Alicia. To Madison, it could have been at any time in the last seven years, so she could have heavily decayed. Possibly, yes, that's also true. It's it's something to consider. I do think that Troy encountered Alicia at the tower because I assume Troy heard the call out Alicia made to bring everyone else to the tower. She, that's what I was thinking from the start of the season, actually, to find Madison. Uh, Jason Cohen says great camera guy. I assume. So. So, Jason Cohen, is Alex Sushitsky still doing the, or is it Nick Bernardoni that's doing the uh, DP? Get back to me when you can. Thomas Mattis says, y'all need help. 410 is my favorite episode of the series. Listen, it's hard to disagree, but I will disagree, but it's but I, it's one of the ones I reference so much. Top uh, 410 is the top five episode of the series. Well, you said it was your favorite, dude. <laughs> First episode is when they finally uh, unalive John Dory. Oh no, you son of a bitch. Dakota is greater than June. Next episode, Dakota comes back. She's alive in a jar. What's left of her? Wasn't she like Ash? Anyway. So guys, if you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and an eggplant is all we need to know you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us what we might have missed. But remember to tell us after every episode, every episode. And if you really like what you've heard, consider following us for free on either. Co- oh, well, there there goes Charity. Consider following us for <laughs> free on either. Co- <laughs> On either Kofi or Patreon, that's ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead or patreon.com slash squawkingdead for the times that we don't do live episodes because that's the only place that we post our recording schedules and recordings are free to attend. You just have to follow for free on either Kofi or Patreon to see those schedules or continually checking the page. And if you really like what you've heard, consider tipping us during this episode and your support will show up on the stream forever or you can tip us whenever and you'll get access to our unedited episode recordings as well as a couple of other things when you tip us oh, including Dave's notes which will be up tonight for your reading enjoyment some of the finer details of which would never make an episode but is an interesting read at least but you can also along with tipping you can also join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month and receive at least discord access the unedited episode recordings and a whole host of other baseline perks head to the shop there's some free items for even people who join at the walkers tier which is just a dollar a month so take a look at that on either Kofi or Patreon. And with that, everybody, one of the perks that Whispers and Survivors tier, the mid and upper tiers, get are shout outs at the end of every episode. And they are starting with the Survivors tier. We got at Real Ryan GM, who was instrumental to raising money last Sunday. I'm going to say it again for Takira in our Snap Charity auction, as well as at Elisa Jones 71 or at Jones AJ6 on Twitter. And the former was Instagram. FanArtLindy, you can reach at ko-fi.com slash FanArtLindy. And on to the whispers here members we've got at judith.morn on instagram aiden atkin who you can reach at ko-fi.com slash aiden atkin at tyler philip cox on both instagram and twitter at sandy.d.morrison and at lois.martin.54 on facebook oh and mitchell of course i I love it when mitchell pops up in the whispers here (laughs) mitchell of course at i found them rick g on x or twitter and new whispers here member because of that auction because she was very smart to use a membership 
tier to pay for one of the auction items, Kim Rowley, who you can reach at, oh my goodness, what is her socials? Well, on, on Facebook, at least. <laughs> yeah, Kim Rowley, she's on Instagram as well, but I, I don't know we that I, mostly I don't communicate. I follow her on Facebook or on Instagram. Yeah, I, I think I know that we do, but it's just, I know her on Facebook, Kim Rowley on Facebook. Look for Kim, K-I-M. No, I'm not going to spell her name. Figure it out. Kim Rowley on Facebook. You're the best. Around. And nothing that because Cobra Kai came up. And- <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, everybody. I, I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by until she disappeared from life and screen because her internet went out. Sharon D, aka Blazy Gardner, on all the socials, and Bridget ko-fi.com slash punky brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. And check out her YouTube channel because she just did a really good recap of the first round of webisodes for the original Walking Dead series. I highly suggest checking it out. It was just released last night, I think it was. Because time is irrelevant. Or was Sunday, it Sunday, Sunday night? night. Does, Sunday night. Doesn't really matter. It's on, It's the first thing on her YouTube channel. It so is. head over to youtube.com slash at Punky Brewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-A-S-E-T-E-R. Subscribe and enable notifications because she's coming out with more videos. She's editing one tonight, folks. Mm-hmm. A Halloween Take care, everybody. One. Tom, that's right. Sh- yeah, so do the things. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, G. Wilsons. Thank you, Owen. Thank you guys Owen, for being amazing here. insights. Yeah. Make yourself known on social media because I, I feel like I've seen you around, but I may haven't. Or Maybe it was TikTok because I did finally promote these. Taurus! Taurus is texting me spoilers! Get out of here! Well, fake spoilers. Anyway, D. Wilson's, thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for making it tonight. Thank you, Karanza, for complimenting me all the time. So have a good one. We'll take care. And uh, we'll see, see you in the next I lovely... I might see any of you tomorrow if you're interested Ooh. in Found on NBC. On NBC. That's right. Check out take my care. channel. Have okay, a good bye. night. Love you. Appreciate you, Owen. Owen, take care, buddies. Um, Dave, I don't know if you know this, but do you know the song? I haven't stopped the stream yet. That's fine. Do you know the song um, St. Elmo's Fire? No. Stopping the stream now. <laughs> 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 it's gonna get my... <laughs>